Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Today we're going to uh, uh, continue on and kind of wrap up our series on Stay Strong. Uh, and uh, we're, we live in some interesting times, actually some trying times in this world that we're in. And, but the Lord really, he gives us the ability to stay strong in the storms that we face in life. Uh, and we all face them, right? That's just reality. Uh, and we dove into a couple significant parables in the past couple of weeks on the end times as Jesus was speaking uh, to his disciples and over in uh, Matthew chapter 24 and 25. And we're going to be back in chapter 25 now. And we're going to look at uh, the time where he's teaching about the sheep and the goats. Now, uh, when you look at that uh, right off the top, you kind of like say, it sounds like a day on the farm. Uh, but don't worry, it's not quite like a day on the farm. But uh, it's, uh, it's kind of, a, he, he lays some things out here for it's important for us. And uh, who you are... Who you are impacts how you live. And really, we're going to see some of that in what Jesus is teaching and the sheep, with the sheep and the goats as we look at this. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in front of a decision maker or not in your lifetime. I'm sure you have if you've lived at all uh, in this world. But uh, it may have been a boss that decided if he was going to keep you or let you go or it could have been a, maybe a teacher who you really enjoyed. Maybe you liked them, and, and they finally had to make a decision on, hey, is your, is your grade, is your project going to make the cut, and those kind of things. It could have been that you've had a parent or a guardian who had chose to, uh, they had to make the choice if you were going to get to go to the big game or not. You know, we've all been in a situation where, where we've had somebody that's had to uh, make decisions there, and, and we've all been there one way or the other. And our, our world doesn't really like that word judge anymore. Uh, although we still have them, right? Judges are still there. And uh, the only way people like uh, the judge is if it has to do with somebody who put a dent in their fender. They, they want that of a fender bender, that other person, to be able to take care of the damages that took place on their vehicle, so to speak. And, uh, but the reality is that life has many decisions which are made, and we don't always get to make the whole decision ourselves, right? And in the meantime, we have to stay strong. We have to stay strong, and we have to live out the faith that is in our heart. And uh, for each and every one of us, we have to be able to come to that place. Now, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, verse 31, it says this, For uh, he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Now, we, we understand who the Bible is speaking about there. He's speaking about Jesus Christ as the one who will be that judge, we, we get that, and he's the one who is raised. And if you notice what he said, is he said he will judge with justice. Now, that's important for us, because it's not just the justice of man, but the justice of God, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. God can do this because he is full of integrity. He's not like 
you and I who don't see the whole picture, he sees the whole picture, and I'm thankful that he sees the picture, aren't you? I'm glad he sees all of the picture, and so he can make a good, solid decision. But for most of us, uh, there's, there really is comfort in this because we know that God has our back and he's there with us. We understand that, and, and we know we aren't perfect, but we depend on the grace of Jesus. And that's a reminder this morning as we receive communion together, we, re we remember what Jesus has done for us and how he's provided this grace for us. Did we deserve it? No, we didn't deserve it, but he gave that to us and through faith in what he has done for us. And we, so we know we aren't perfect. The Bible goes on to say this, though, over in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. He said, we were therefore buried with him, speaking of Christ, through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, uh, we too may live a new life. When you, honestly, when you honestly put your faith uh, in Christ, you, you may have, uh, I should say, before that has happened, you may not have even noticed when you messed up or when you sinned, uh, so to speak. But once Christ came in, it, it helps you to notice. It, it kind of helps you. It kind of gives you that check. When you, maybe when you say something, you do something, you, you, you think a certain way, and it, and it gives you a check. And, and so that, that's helpful to us as followers of Jesus once we come to faith in Christ because then he helps guide us in our lives. And when we, when we mess up and we make a mistake, uh, then he can challenge us and help us to grow in our faith. And, and maybe before we came to faith, you may not have even noticed those things. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, and we're going to get to Matthew 25 here in just a second, uh, but there's a few things we need to look at here in Romans 8, 11, uh, uh, the apostle Paul goes on to tell us, he said, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you, the Holy Spirit. When we've come to faith in Jesus Christ, we know we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's, it's the work that God has done. He, the spirit is inside of us. When Jesus lives in you, it, it's going to start affecting how you live your life. Not only that, not only that, but the, but the end result will be better than the first. It's better as we allow him to work in us. But we have to allow him, right? It's a process that he takes us through. And, uh, the, and, and we see that when Jesus lives in us, it's going to make some changes. Not only that, but we, we, there will be some change for us for eternity. And there will be a day when we meet the Son of God or the Son of Man, as he says in this passage in Matthew 25, who is Jesus. I'm not worried about when, I'm, when that meeting is going to happen. I'm only, uh, only that I stay ready and stay strong in the meantime, right? And that's what's important for us. The day or the time, I'm not too worried about that part. What I am concerned about is that we stay strong, we stay ready, and we continue to do what he asks us to do as we live out this life. Uh, because you are in Christ, it will impact your life, and it will impact how you live, uh, and it will be seen, it will definitely be seen on the day when we see him face to face. Let's look at what Matthew says, what, what Jesus said, and Matthew is recording this, Matthew 25, verse 31 to 40, uh, 46, but 
right here we're going to see these first few verses. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, this is a big deal, right? It's not just a little thing. It's a big deal. He said, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And so we, we see this picture here, and, and strictly speaking, this isn't a parable. Uh, now, and although we talk about it that way, this passage isn't technically one, although its only parable parts are really the shepherd and the sheep and the goats and the actual separation, but there's other elements to this that goes outside of that. Uh, but, but, but this thing, if you, when you read this, it's really going to intensify your perspective of these powerful words when you notice that Jesus said this only three days before he went to suffer on the cross. Just a little while before that. So Jesus is, he's fixing to give, to give life and then, he, then, raise, uh, then to be raised only to let people know that there's coming a day when we will all fa face a very fair, very fair judgment of our lives. Honestly, we, we shouldn't see this as a negative thought. And maybe now in the culture today, they see that maybe more negative, but really it shouldn't be viewed as a negative thing at all. And when Jesus said these words, you may expect Matthew 24, verse 14, which, which we read here a while back, uh, a couple weeks ago, has it, that it's probably been fulfilled at this point. Uh, it says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. One way or the other, what the, time, the time is going to come where we stand before the Lord. And everyone will, will have heard to some level, and each person has chosen their path, and each one of us will stand before the king. We, we will stand before the king one day. We will stand before him. And there's some interesting things that uh, Jesus brings out. He uses some, a couple interesting animals. He uses the sheep and the goats, right? And, and uh, so he talks about them. And, and uh, there's, some, there's some interesting things we can could, we could pick up from this. Uh, at, at night, uh, usually when the sheep, the sheep and goat usually were separated at night. They would mingle together usually during the day depending on the situation. But, they, but then at night they would be separated because uh, the sheep can handle the cold air. Well, look at that. they got all that wool on them, right? And so they, they can handle the cold well, uh, air a little bit better. And the goats are kind of like cattle. They, they, they have that short hair. and they, They've got to kind of bunch together in a herd to try to stay warm. And just the way it is for them, and uh, even those, these, some of these, uh, uh, some of the things that they would do too. If the pasture is bare, they may allow them to mingle more. It depends on the setting, and and but with these simple details, it really kind of shows, gives us some symbolism here. And something else you need to pick up on is this: that the right hand is the place of power, it's a place of honor, uh, and it's that respected. Thing. And, G and, the, and the sheep are placed in the place of honor, and the goats are kept to the left. Sometimes we make a choice by default. Have you ever been there before? You make a choice by default. You say, well, I didn't really choose that, but you chose not to do anything about it, so that made a choice for you. And sometimes it's easy for people to make choices like that because they feel like they haven't made a choice. 
But it's one thing to believe in Christ because that's what your family does. They, they may say, well, we're a Christian family. But the real power is, is when every person, each individual in that family says for themselves, I'm going to follow Christ. And it's more than just saying, well, well I have a Christian family. I've seen that. I've seen that. When, and when that person, uh, the one key person passes away, then everybody else just kind of runs away. I've seen that happen. Uh, and the fact is, is when we say, we're, do we say we're a Christian because we say oh, that's our family? It's got to be more than that. It has to be a place to where we recognize that we need Christ as an individual as well. We need him. I don't know about you, but I, I need him, right? We all need him. We need his presence. We need his grace. We need that forgiveness that he provides for us. And uh, we have, and it really comes down to it when we meet the king and uh, and uh, he's ready to say, go to the right or to the left, uh, we won't be able to say, oh, yeah, my family's a Christian family. I was like, uh, so what? Okay, what about you? I, I, honestly, that's, that's, where, that's where we're at. And so we will, we will speak for ourselves, not for others. Sure, there are those that really can't make those decisions. Maybe they're... Uh, seriously disabled, or maybe they are so, so uh, young. The Lord has grace for that. The Lord knows how to handle those kind of things. There are some things that we need to consider. When I, when I worked with cattle as a young person, I, I learned how to judge them. You know, we were trained to do that, to look to see how healthy they were, to see that they had the proper stance and, and uh, that, that they were just good. We, we raised beef cattle, so we wanted to make sure we had good breeding stock and those kind of things. And and we had to decide if they, uh, if they had, if they were a calf or a cow, whatever it was, that they, if we should keep them or get rid of them. Should we sell them off or should we keep them? And the thing is, for most, for the most part, we could only judge the outside because all we could see is the outside, right? You just that's that's what you got there. You got the fur, got the head, got the tail, got the feet, got you got all those things there, and you can see that, but that's all you can see. could have kept one of those calves and, and it looked good on the outside, but on the inside it was full of sickness. Can't see the cow's heart, can you? Can't see that animal's heart, just like with people as well. When, when we consider Jesus and the decisions that he will make, the judgment he will, that he will call won't be based solely on the outward appearance. I'm glad. <laughs> Uh, he, he can see the heart of every individual. And over in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus said these words. He said, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What a stout and strong statement. Then he goes on to say as well in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, uh, he said, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so in, 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 here in the sheep and the goat message, uh, Jesus, uh, he, he shows us that what happens on the outside really comes from the heart. It, let's look at more of this this morning. In Matthew 25, let's, we'll see there in verse 34, it says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. 
I, I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then, then he goes on here in verse 37 and, and he says, Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And when did we and, and, and feed you? We're thirsty and give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison and go, uh, go to visit you? But, but he says here in verse 40, as this capstone of this, he says, the king will reply, I truly tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Now, when you look at this passage, you see that Jesus says, uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus' brothers and sisters are his disciples. And so sometimes we look at it, uh, uh, when people interpret the scripture, they look at it just as creation in general, but there's really more to it than that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we ignore other people. We don't, because we know we have a mandate from heaven uh, to be able to share the gospel with all people. It doesn't matter who they are. But in Matthew chapter 12, verse 48 to 49, kind of gives us an understanding of what Jesus' mentality was about his brothers and sisters, etc. And it says there in verses 48 and 49 of Matthew 12, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my, uh, are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And maybe you haven't thought about it that way uh, before, but the destiny of the nations will be determined by how they respond, how people respond, how we respond, how, uh, how we respond to uh, uh, Jesus' followers who are spreading the gospel and to do so in the face of hunger and thirst and, and illness and imprisonment. See, good things uh, you do to Jesus' people, even the least of them, are not only, good, are not only works of compassion and, and morality, but reflect where you stand in relationship to Jesus in the kingdom of God. How we treat it, in other words, how we treat one another, it really does matter. It does matter. Jesus identifies himself with the destiny of his followers and makes compassion for them the same as the compassion for Jesus himself. How we treat others really shows how we view Jesus, especially those coming to bring uh, the message of hope to them. How we treat others does matter. How you treat Jesus and his people is, is really as key to your faith walk. Uh, as he said in verse 40 there, uh, truly I tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. And, and we know that Paul said over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9 these words, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you, uh, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. That's really a key, I think that's a key verse for us to understand that he, when we come to faith in Christ, he puts this down deep inside of our lives. And we know what is right. We have an idea what is right. And it's like he's saying, look, when you came to Christ, God instilled this love in your heart, so we, we, need to teach, we don't need to really teach you to love. Now, although 
at times. The Apostle Paul had to make some correction and to help people, right? We see that out of, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we've looked at here a while back and how, how it's so important for us to be able to love others and, and uh, share love with them and do things that, that help them and don't hinder them. And so they had to go through this, some things. They had to learn some things. But how you treat others matters, and that's what we see from Jesus teaching about the sheep and goats. It's significant for us. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore the poor and the needy and those that are outside of the faith. No, that's, no we still minister to them because that's part of our mandate is to love people. Love God, love people, and inspire hope. That's what our mission is, and, that, and it's not just that. We have that great commission that has been given to us, uh, and we've talked about that. It's so important for us. But just because we must stay strong in these troubled times does not mean that we can be in an inflexible. We have to stay flexible, don't we? I, I don't think anybody likes that one, right? You know, it's like when you get up, get up in the morning, you're like, ah, try, try to, what we do, we stretch, we, especially if you're above 25, right? And so you're, you're trying to stretch and get up and get moving again, right? It's just the way it is. But sometimes we can be inflexible and we, we don't want to be that way. We need to be like Jesus who is moved with compassion for others. And even Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, these words, he says, be kind, and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ uh, God forgave you. I'm sorry, as in Christ God forgave you. We have, to, we have to step out of our own little box. We have to step out of our, the comfort of our own little box and reach out to one another in the world that is around us. Over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, uh, it says about Jesus, uh, this it says when we when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd so the the box we live in may just be a little bit too small the box we're in it, it may just be too small we either need to get out of it to share life and hope with others or we need to build a bigger box We've got to do something there. What kind of box do you live in? You have to ask yourself. I have to ask that question of myself as well. What kind of box? What kind of a situation do I stay in? And sometimes we can be like a turtle. You know, you know what the turtle does. You ever, you've seen them, the little box turtles that they're crossing the road. What do they do if they see the car coming? They put their head and their, and their feet all inside, right? They, they shove themselves inside to protect themselves. And, uh, and I, th I think that, that that's a common thing, that, and they pull their head back in, but, uh, but it, it's to save them, and they also feel comfortable in there. At least I think so. I've never been a turtle. But, but I tell you, people tend to like their shell, especially after we've faced all the things that we've faced in the past couple years. And uh, our shell, our shell, or our box, really is a place of safety. Yet, at some point, uh, some point, we have to find the way to get out of our shell. And, and you, you know, you you can't even eat if all you do is stay in your shell, right? 
It's too hard to do that. Could you, could you imagine the turtle? If, if he's trying to eat something, he's at least got to put his head out of there a little bit to get, get whatever he's going to eat. I don't know if it's a, if it's a blade of grass. He's still got to poke his head out of there. And so for us, we have to be able to get out of our shells to some level. And I understand that things have been so challenging, but we have to find those ways that we can because the reality is that there are ways that we can do those things. You can't really show your love towards others if you stay in your shell either. It's hard. It's easy to be able to stay in that place and say, well, you know what, I, I'm good, I'm comfortable here. And that, that's one of the challenges that we all have, right, is we like comfort. We like to sit on the couch or we like to do this or that, and then, then something takes us out of our comfort zone. It's like me climbing on a ladder, right? I, I don't like heights, just don't like that at all. But, but, but I remember my dad telling me when I was young and we had to scoop grain out of these big old 3,000 bushel bins he's, and then even a 10,000. And he said, okay, you got to climb up the ladder. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy, dad? He taught me there's something I had to learn to do that I still needed to do that work. And so that means I needed to get myself ready and climb up even though I did not like it. And today... I've learned from that. And so I still get up on the ladder and I got to do the things that I have to do. That's just the way life is. Sometimes we have to push ourselves a little bit and trust, trust the Lord too. We've got to step out, step out of our comfort zone. Jesus said these words in John 13, verse 34 to 35. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Have you noticed those who have missed out on church? Sometimes I think sometimes people don't always know each other very well, uh, and it's a process we need, to, we need to grow to learn one another, to know each other. It's so important for us as a body to be able to grow and to, to reach out to one another. Uh, have you noticed those that have missed? Have you noticed some that you say, oh, this person, and then, then what I would hear is somebody will say, oh, well, pastor will check. Well, I may check, but that's not enough. They, they just think, well, that's, that's just the pastor. He's got to do that. <laughs> but there's more to it than that, friends. Jesus said that we'll be known by our love for one another. We have some of those that are, uh, just can't make it out. You have to step out of your box to reach out. And, and it really starts with you. It starts with all of us. We all have to be able to do that. We all have to engage one another. Are we perfect at it? No, no, I'm not perfect at it. None of us are. But we have to be able to step up and out of our box to reach out. And it starts with us. And a strong church is a healthy church. And a healthy church cares for each other. Amen. Finally, let's look at how the sheep are amazed. These, these sheep, they're, they're a little surprised, right? Uh, and uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus' teaching. And uh, the surprise of the disciples, we're going to see the surprise of the disciples or the sheep here at the day of judgment. Now, in verses 37 to 39, 
the sheep were surprised and the goats were surprised in verse 4 over in verse 44. But, but we can say these three things, or, or uh, we can say these three things uh, with confidence about this scenario. First of all, it's this, that the sheep and the goats aren't surprised at the place the king assigns them. All right, I knew you are going to put me on the right. Or all right, I knew you are going to put me on the left. Why? Because they know their heart. They know their mind, and they know it better than anybody else, right? That's just the way it is. And so they were only surprised for the reason that they were put in the right or to the left. Now, the sheep were, uh, were admitted by how they treated Jesus, and the goats were left out by how they treated Jesus. And the goats didn't expect to be welcomed, and the, and the sheep didn't expect to be sent off to the other side. But look with me over here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. We want to read the rest of that passage there, and we'll see the other side for them, and then we'll come back to these other couple uh, items here. But he says this, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, uh, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Remember, that was his, his intent for that was not for humanity. It was for the devil and his angels. And then he goes into verse 42. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite, did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You did not look after me. And they, will, they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you or a hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? When did this happen? For goodness sake, we didn't see it. And he said, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And really, this is a, it's a sobering statement there, what Jesus is making. And uh, they, were, they were only surprised, really, by his answer. The second part of this is this. Since the sheep and the righteous were the righteous, you know, they, they were surprised uh, there is no, because there is no chance that, that good works is actually going to earn them salvation. Uh, but something happened in their heart, and they knew that already. There was something that took place in their heart. Uh, so the, the, the sheep, they were surprised, but they already knew something happened. They had, had a heart change, and out of that change, they produced some great works. It came from that. It came from that change of heart. Come, it came from that transformation, and the, and the way the sheep and the goats treated Jesus' brothers didn't... Uh, 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 didn't cause them to be accepted or rejected. It just showed who they were. The sheep didn't show love to gain an eternal reward. Even the goats didn't fail to show love to uh, simply make a statement. It's all about what's in their hearts. You have to put your faith in Christ. Have we put our faith in Christ? We all must ask that question of ourselves, have I put my trust in Him? Because when you put your faith in Him, the things that start coming out of your life are different. Doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean you don't trip up. No, we understand that. You, you, you notice that we, we can't live the old way anymore. And just as Paul had said, we read it earlier in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, 
uh, he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the fa- to the glory of the Father, we too may have a new we too may live a new life. See if Christ is in you. You've been raised to live a new life. Now it doesn't mean doesn't mean you don't have to work at it, right? We understand that. We get that. There, uh, but but that works isn't our salvation. We we don't. But we still have to work at it. We have to let the Lord work in our lives. But Christ changes that inward attitude. He changes the heart, doesn't he? And it's from the heart then that we start seeing change in our lives. And we may not immediately see all the changes. But what we may see is when we go and we mess up, the Lord said, wait a second, don't say that that way. Don't do that. That's not the way to do it. And he corrects us and he helps us as a father, as a loving father, not like our earthly fathers, as a real father, as a godly father. He takes care of us and he guides us. The third thing here is this. Jesus' message shows us that hypocrites will be shown for who they are pretty plain in this passage it's pretty plain if the goats thought that how they treated jesus brothers and sisters and mothers and all these people would have given them eternal joy they probably would have treated them well when you come along and share the gospel with somebody and somebody gets upset with you and and maybe cusses you out because you're doing that well they, they have to they need to step back just a little bit because that's the very thing that he said that the goats are doing, that kind of thing. So, but they, they could have changed that Jesus is interested in the righteous, in the righteousness of the whole person, a righteousness from the heart. And we know that comes through Christ, right? It comes through trusting in him. Our righteousness only comes through the blood of Jesus, what he has done for us on, on the cross. And as you respond to Jesus' brothers and you align yourself with their distress and their afflictions, and you align yourself with, with Jesus who identifies himself with them, true disciples will love one another. They will even serve the least brother, the least sister, the least mother with compassion. And by doing this, you're serving who? You're serving Christ. You're serving Jesus. Those who have little sympathy for the gospel of the kingdom, they'll probably stay indifferent until they come to the place where they recognize their need for the Savior. But if they stay indifferent, remember indifference is the opposite of love. It's not hate, it's indifference. And by doing that, they end up rejecting the King, the Messiah. But we want to point people to Christ, the one who's offered life to us. As we wrap this up this morning, stand with me. We'll all stand before the Lord on that special day. We, we will. We'll stand before him. Will you be surprised when you find out who you were, who you were treating well? I'm sure we all will, will, will find that out. But uh, who, who, are, uh, who you are impacts how you live. Who you are impacts how you live out this life. And if Christ is truly in your heart, allow him to continue to show you the path to walk. Because he will help you walk that path.
He will help you. If Christ is truly in your heart, He will guide you. As Jesus said it this way, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Poke your head out of the shell. Poke your head out of the shell, out of the turtle shell, you know. Get yourself out of the box. We all get in those little places. We have to be able to step outside of them, show love and care for others. Maybe you know them. Maybe you don't know them. Even better reason to be in to engage other people. Show love and care for others. And when you care for even those who you think maybe really uh, they maybe they need it, that's great. Or maybe even those that seem to be like the least that you should show your love to. They all need love though. We all need to be able to show our love one for another. Maybe you need to step out from your shell and you're saying, God, I'm not sure how to do it. But let me tell you, God will give you the way to get out of that shell. He will give you the way. And sometimes it's a little step at a time, right? Can you imagine what it's like for the turtle? Uh, most of the time when I see a turtle, they shoot all, all four legs out at the same time, usually. But maybe some of them are just putting one of those little claws out at a time and just kind of testing. That's the way we are sometimes. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a picture of me. I don't know, but I think it's a picture of all of us at times. We've got to be able to put our claws out, our hands out there, and then pop our head out and say, hey, I want to share the love of Christ with others. Let me pray for you. Father, we're here in this place because we know we need you. We're here in this place because we know we need one another. We're here in this place because we know you bless our lives and you are faithful. And Father God, we look forward to the day that we do get to meet you face to face. Because that's a good thing, Lord. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But Father God, there's some that may not be ready for that. And this may be the day that they have to say, Lord, I surrender my life into your hands. And I trust what you've done for me on the cross so that I can be forgiven of my sins. And so that I can love others and be loved by others. And if that's you here today, you say, you know what? I, I, need, I need to surrender my life to him. You just lift your hand between you and me and the Lord. Say, I need to surrender my life to the Lord today. And it's always available to you. It's always available. While we have time. Father, we ask you just to help us to be able to show love towards others. We offer ourselves to you, Lord, today as your kids, as your people. And Lord, we give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Amen.